Good afternoon. Welcome to Cone and Kruger. That's Larry Kruger. I'm Grant Cone. Larry Kruger's been sh- rocking the airwaves in the uh, Ninerland, Bay Area uh, land recently because he has had a bold prediction saying the Niners are going to trade Trey Lance on draft night. And he makes a great he makes a great point. It's a very inc- compelling prediction. Ryan Hensley and I discussed the pros and cons of it this morning. So I'd like to ask you, Larry, not yeah. not a prediction, but if they do this, I want to ask you if it would be wise. But first, I think I'd like to start. I want to make people wait for the Trey Lance part because everyone's here. Everyone's waiting to donate and get in. The, they have to wait. I want to let's talk about Albert Breer's main takeaway from the owners' meetings because it had nothing to do with Trey Lance. Right. Well, or did or didn't. It had a lot to do with uh, with Brock Purdy. Um, according to Breer, Breer is saying that the four, his number one takeaway from the NFL owners meeting is that the 49ers are in love with um, with Brock Purdy and that they're mm-hmm. all in on Brock Purdy and that they feel like Brock Purdy is truly special um, <laughs> and not just a third string quarterback who had a hot run, but is really a franchise quarterback. He didn't He's say all one. that. Yeah, but he he didn't all, all he got out of it was that his takeaway was that either he obviously talked to somebody from the Niners and they conveyed some love for Brock. I think John Lynch conveyed that love publicly. He went on and on and gushed about him. To me, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were a little different here. John Lynch gushed about Brock, said, you know, basically he's seen enough. Matt Mayoko was like, it's only eight starts. And and John was like, yes, but it's the way he played his eight starts. Like, dude, I, we're we're good here. Kyle was like, yeah, you know, I'd feel that way if he didn't get injured, but he did get injured. So we'll, I guess we'll have to see what he comes back. But in the meanwhile, have I told you about this guy named Sam Darnold? He's phenomenal. So I always feel like Kyle kind of leaves his options open and maybe feels like he's the reason. I don't think he likes, I don't think he values the quarterback position. I don't think he thinks any quarterback is as special. I think he thinks the reason any quarterback has success. And while I think he likes Brock Purdy, I think he feels that he's probably the reason Brock Purdy was good and that I really think Kyle thinks enough of himself to think he could do it again with Sam. But that's neither here nor there. I do believe that Breer said it was the front office, and I think he's absolutely correct. I think the front office loves this this kid, Brock. You know, it's interesting. I think there's a lot of head coaches in the NFL and I think they go one way or the other when it comes to the quarterback. They either give the quarterback way too many passes and they're too soft on the quarterback. And they really say, we have, we're have we all one team, but then they treat 52 guys one way and the quarterback, the number one Mike quarterback. Mike McCarthy, Matt LaFleur. Yeah, and I think yeah. Kyle's the opposite of that. I think Kyle's yeah. the opposite of that. I think Kyle is incredibly hard on his quarterbacks. I think yeah. he's a perfectionist at heart. And who feels the brunt of that perfectionist mentality? The quarterback. I don't think he's ever really satisfied 100%. You can hear him when he describes plays and drives. He's not always – when is he ever just totally like – just almost like breathtaking by his quarterback's ability? It's like they're in the way. (laughs) You know what I mean? They're part of the equation, but they're not the equation. Yeah, they're the part of the equation that messes it up the most. He's critical of the You know what I mean? Yeah. He is. I think you can He acts like it. the job is so easy. Like, just hit the open man, please. It's like, yeah, okay, well, the offensive line's a little small. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like there's a lot of a lot of coaches in this league that apologize for their guy. He seems right. like he's he'll apologize for everybody else, but the quarterback he's get he's gonna drag through the mud. 
didn't he get that from he, I don't know if he got it from his dad, but I think Bill Belichick is that way, and I think Kyle wants to be like Belichick. But I, I is that a is it an effective strategy or is it effective because Tom Brady allowed Belichick to, to talk to him that way? And I, I don't know. I think maybe Kyle thought Jimmy would allow him to talk to him that way, and maybe he did. But I think D- Jimmy t- tuned him out to a to a degree after a while. I think he like took it with a took it in stride, but at a certain point was like, dude. I hate you and your plays suck. Well, anyway, it, Brock Purdy hasn't it, done that yet. It, it does seem like Kyle almost celebrates that he coaches his quarterbacks hard and yeah. that he doesn't, that he's critical to their face and that he's not easy to play for and he challenges them. And I'm sure he thinks that's the way to do it. But, you know, it, he definitely seems like he drives the quarterback position hard. Not just to their face, but in front of the entire team. I imagine yeah. in these like team meetings, he just eviscerates them. Um, and that's why when it, people say that he wanted Mac Jones, that never would have worked. We know now that Mac Jones is sensitive, sensitive and Bill Belichick yeah. himself had to tell his coaches, hey, go easy on him. Kyle wouldn't do that. Kyle would have found that out before that. I, I, I have a feeling there's a reason they didn't go for Mac Jones, and it wasn't just public pressure. I bet you that relationship just flat out wouldn't have worked. And, you know, look at Trey. Look at Brock. Those are two personalities. You meet them like, oh, yeah, you could definitely. You guys are mature enough and self-assured enough to take his negativity and move on especially I, brock yeah i mean i think brock you know i think he's kind of i think kind of referenced it a couple times referenced it a couple times this year that you know he's had some harsh things to say and some harsh criticisms and he likes the fact that brock can take hard coaching brock knows who he is he's played a lot of football he's confident in what he can do uh when kyle says you were wrong i'm sure brock Probably sees it the same way and doesn't exactly have the standing to disagree with Kyle anyway. I think it's another reason why Kyle likes these quarterbacks on rookie deals. What are they going to say when he says, you messed up? Like, Jimmy Garoppolo at a certain point could say, I see it differently than you, Kyle. He makes more money than Kyle. He's a quarterback. That's an, that's like a power struggle that you could have. Brock Purdy just has to say, sir, yes, sir. And same with Trey and Sam. It's true. Once you pay <clears throat> once you pay a quarterback $20 million, they got a seat at the table, man. They, yeah, they've they got a seat at the table and their opinion will be heard. You're Absolutely. right. If you take a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal, you know, and especially when you have this kind of these kinds of weapons, you can be like, hey, man, you want to play in my offense? You want to play with these weapons? It's like you have, you know, leverage. You have something you can actually take away from your quarterbacks if you want. Absolutely. And I, 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 I'm not going to say a control freak, but a micromanager like Kyle Shanahan, I think, he wants that. He wants a quarterback. He's, he talks about it. He just wants a quarterback to g- throw where he schemed the play to go. He wants a guy to follow directions, essentially. Process the defense very quickly, follow directions, hit the open man. Like, don't you don't need to do anything special. Don't make a, a wow throw. Don't extend the play. I mean, sometimes if I have to, to, if you have to, but basically, just allow me to be the star here. So... Well, and then yet, and as we all know, all quarterbacks, you know, there's a game plan, there's a there's a there's a play called, but then things break down. What do you do off schedule? I think that's what that's the part that isn't coached. That's the part that's natural. That's the part that, that's innate. That's what Brock has, and so I think Kyle thinks, oh, he's perfect. We've got I, I can call the perfect play against the perfect coverage and give him a first look. And if it all breaks down, he can buy some time, scoot out of the pocket, uh, extend the play, and find an open man. He did it in the back of the end zone a couple times um, off broken plays and and scored touchdowns. So I think Kyle looks at Brock and says, man, him and me together are dangerous. 
Yeah. At the same time, though, I feel like Kyle Shanahan's like a bachelor at heart when it comes to quarterbacks. Like they're saying he like he's in love with Brock. Yeah, he's in love with Brock, but I mean he's in love with Sam too. You know what I mean? He's in the, he's in love with some, probably a quarterback in this draft. He's in love with three quarterbacks probably who are going to be free agents next year, including Kirk Cousins, who we're going to talk about soon. I feel like Kyle Shanahan almost he's almost like Jerry Seinfeld. Like he's he has no intention of ever settling down, and he just kind of like floats the idea to his parents to get him off his back. But really, he doesn't want to settle down. So yeah, he likes Brock now, but next year he could like Kirk. You know, the year after that he could like someone totally different. And I think. This whole conversation, like, wait till, wait till Kyle finds the one for him. He doesn't want the one for him. He wants to keep cycling <laughs> through quarterbacks. That's what well, I think. He, I think he definitely has um, his, you know, what he's looking for in a quarterback, and he wants somebody, you know, the thing. Yeah, until he you, breaks them. Sorry. Yeah, well, until they break down. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Break, under yeah. pressure or whatever. Under under rush. Physical but force. Yeah. They they want the they he wants guys who play on time consistently. And that's yeah, why he wants you, Drew Brees. That's why you want a Drew Brees. That's why you'd want he a Drew Brees. Cousins. That's right. kind of why you may like a Brock Purdy, just because, yeah, is there yeah. are there arm strength issues? Yeah. Does he can he make all the throws? Well, maybe, but not there's some he probably can't make. But man, the ball comes out on time. Yeah. Knees says, Larry, in relation to the draft, you said a number of times the Niners need a cornerback. CB1. What happened to Traverius Ward? I uh he never quite Seems he never quite got right after the injury, but did he completely lose that CB1 view to you? Well, I like him a lot. I like Charvarius a lot, but I just, I just Charvarius is, you know, uh, a, a really good, I think if, I, I think he's a really good number two. I think he's a number two corner. I don't mm-hmm. think he's a number one. I think he's a two. So I'm looking for that one, you know, that, that dominating Deion Sanders, take away half the field, big rangy, kind of like a Tariq Woolen what Seattle discovered this year, somebody like that, somebody who can be an outside corner and just dominate. Yeah. I thought Traverius Ward was kind of, was kind of like coasting, not coasting, but um, getting by on reputation. Like teams weren't really testing him. And then Kansas city did with Marquez Valdez. Scantling had success. And I feel like, and then uh, Raiders did with Devontae Adams and the end zone had success. I feel like teams started realizing you shouldn't be necessarily scared of him. And that touchdown that Long when he gave up to DK in the playoffs was just horrendous. That was terrible technique. He was he didn't he wasn't close enough to the wide receiver to look behind to find the ball. Once he looked behind, he slowed down even more. Then he was out of position to even make the tackle when he got beat. I mean, he, that was like rookie stuff. So I don't know. And, and John Lynch himself said at the end of the season, teams were more afraid of Davion or Lenore than Traverius Ward. He said it with a laugh, but it was kind of true. Yeah, no, I think he's yeah. right. I mean, Ward, they didn't go at Ward early because I think the scouting right. report each game was Ward's their number one, go at their number two. Then right. I think towards the end of the year, you know, in that KC game, I don't want to give him a total pass, but I think he was groin. pretty, yeah, he had the groin. groin. He wasn't moving yeah. that well. They played a ton of zone that day. Mahomes picked right. him apart. Everybody was kind of chasing True. the plays from behind in that game. That's true. Corey Soto says, uh, moving tray shows no logistical sense. Do you plan a long drive, sell your second car while my main is in the garage for an unknown time period, especially when my third has shown it can break down any time? Yeah, but you don't know what the Niners' assessment of the, the tray car is. Maybe they feel that's totaled. You don't know. Official BNM Music 88 says, Sam Donald feels like an expensive Wilton Spate. They literally <laughs> are the same. Guy, Wilton Spate. Is he the guy that went to Michigan, Michigan and then UCLA? Harbaugh. 
Harbaugh. He was with the Niners for like, yeah, he was there for training camp one year. He's there, he had a I mean, okay. the most amazing thing of this offseason, if you said, what's the single most amazing, compelling moment after outside of the Javon Hargrave signing? It's Kyle Shanahan saying that Sam Darnold's skill set is as good as any quarterback he's ever seen. I mean, that was yeah. like, what? What? I know, but I, I bet you, you he, I bet you. Is he marrying the, your daughter? I mean, who, who, I mean, what is the connection here? Well, I bet you that since he's been the head coach with the Niners, I bet you the Niners gave Sam Darnold a higher draft grade pre-draft than any quarterback, anyone else. Probably higher than Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen. I bet you. Trevor Lawrence. I have a feeling that Kyle Shanahan gave Zach Wilson a higher draft grade than Trevor Lawrence, but I can't prove it. But I, I think have you might be right. I think you might be yeah. right. Yeah. I really, I, I get the sense from talking to people that spring that Kyle, that that was the guy that they really wanted. And then he, of course, went yeah. to in front of them. Yeah. Okay. One more topic before we get to Trey Lance. Kirk Cousins. There's been reports that the Niners were interested in Trey, uh, Kirk Cousins, even maybe inquired about him at the combine before they knew that it was going to be good news with Brock Purdy surgery. And, I mean, if they were inquiring about a trade with Kirk Cousins, you already know who the trade offer was going to be around. Trey Lance, most likely. What do you think about this dance that the Niners have been doing with Kirk Cousins since 2017? Well, this was a Mike Florio rumor coming out of the combine. Florio says that it was the talk of the combine. Now, Cousins has a twenty or $36.2 million cap charge for this year. This is the yeah. final year of his deal. I don't know if it's being talked about as something that's going to happen soon or if it's just something that's going to happen eventually. But um, I don't. I, I would be shocked if Kirk Cousins were traded to the Niners, you know, in short amount of time. But if you say next year, if they're still looking for a quarterback or, you know, if they don't, I'm not sure about Brock or whatever, I could see that. I, could, I mean, we all know Kyle loves Cousins. Uh, we all know Cousins has a, has um, – you know, hailed Kyle as one of the key figures in his professional life. So there's no question that there's, you know, we know the two sides like each other, but how's that coming together? Well, Kirk Cousins will be a free agent next year. Next year, it's a void year in his contract. So unless the Vikings franchise tag him, uh, he'll be gone. And I I get the feeling that they're kind of over the Kirk Cousins era. I mean, they got him, they gave him weapons, He's played as well as he possibly can. He's a good quarterback. They're not going anywhere with him. So they can give it one more shot. But if they don't, if they don't do anything in the playoffs again next year, I think they I think they'd be willing to move on from him now. I think they probably won't re-sign him next year. He'll be 36. And if Brock, you know, if he's not the same, if the league catches up with him, if his arm isn't the same or whatever, well, we just talked about how Kyle Shanahan falls out of love with quarterbacks as quickly as he falls into love with them, unless his, their first name is Kirk. If that's a different story, maybe Kyle's just saving himself for Kirk this whole time. I have, I have. If Brock doesn't repeat what he did last year, look for the Niners to make that run for Kirk next year in free agency. That's my bold take. He's their. I think he's their backup plan at this point. Yes. Brock is plan A. Agree. Cousins is Kirk is exciting, which also adds to. I didn't even throw that into the video, but it, it does add to the Trey trade discussion because why would Kirk Cousins be plan B when you have Trey Lance sitting right there and obviously there's something going on there that that's more than meets the eye yeah 
I, I the process of getting Trey Lance always seemed a little strange. I mean, you, they traded up, but they didn't. They said they didn't know who they wanted yet. Like that, that'll never make any sense to me. So they gave themselves a month to figure it out, and then decided it was Trey Lance. And there was no there was no combine that year. It's like wow, way to set yourself up for failure on that one. But Kirk Cousins, I really hope the Niners don't sign Kirk Cousins. I have See, no really no feeling why, but it's just like it's just like where are you with him? Because I mean, okay, so. They scored points. They had yeah. the worst defense. They had like the thirty-first ranked defense in pro football. I mean, he gives you nothing off script. Nothing. He, and my, he's had some he just horrendous performances in big games. Exactly. Yeah, he Thank doesn't you. win big games. He doesn't win. He's like they lose big games, and he and sometimes he hasn't played well in big games. So it's like, is the moment too big? He might just be a guy that's just good enough to get you beat. Isn't that kind of like Derek Carr too? I think so. Might yeah. be Jimmy. Might be Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs. Yeah, too. exactly. I mean, it might be a marginal upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo, but is Kirk Cousins? I mean, is he Matthew Stafford? To me, no. He's not a guy who's going to throw for three hundred yards and three touchdown passes in a game against Patrick Mahomes in the Super. Like that's not going to happen. So what are you doing? But, I could see why Kirk Cousins wants to come here. Because if the Niners yeah. if the Niners maintain a top tier defense, that's probably the only way a guy like Kirk Cousins could ever get a ring. That's true. I, I really hope that doesn't happen. Ethan M says, "Can you see Jed applying more pressure on Kyle this season? Not sure if Jed was genuine at the owners' meeting or if he was playing CEO." Again, I don't even know how much power Jed has anymore. I mean, I, I get the feeling that the the Kyle Shanahan uh, hire was a, was a family decision. I don't know that that necessarily. Is Jed? And I don't know that Jed could fire anyone. It's probably a family decision. So, because you know, and when the season gets bad and they're like three and five, what happens? John shows up to practice. Right. Uh oh, Dad's here. It's just got serious. It does have a. It has, yeah. It has a different feel when Doctor yeah. John is at practice. Uh oh. But yeah. But in some ways, in some ways, they're not going to be satisfied with Kyle till he wins the bowl. But in other ways, you get the feeling that because of chip kelly because of tom sula that kyle can kind of stay as long as he wants i think the 49ers look at the rams and say i don't want to be them and when i say the niners i'm talking jed and the yorks because the rams sold out for that super bowl which is the right sports decision but it didn't necessarily get them a rabid fan base now they suck and they have no like revenue anymore and i think the niners are like you know what I'd rather be in the mix every year than than to go through that purgatory. Um, and I said, again, that's that's the Yorks. I'm thinking from a money making perspective, better to always say you're close than to just go all in and put yourself at that standard and and potentially have to rebuild. It's better for the fans. It's better for the fans. Compete every year. Have all the all the years be you know at least viable. What the Rams did was they took one big bite of the apple. They got their Super Bowl. And they kind of checked out last year. They're going to check out this year. They'll probably be down for three years. But they're champions. But they're champions. So, Fish and Chip says, while fans obsess about quarterbacks, schemer Kyle Shanahan escapes. I love it. I love it. Schemer Kyle. Did you ever watch um, Thomas the Tank Engine, Shining Time Station, like with your kids or anything? Oh, yeah. You kidding me? Yeah. The, he was blue, all right? Yes. So if I remember correctly, I was a kid. It would it would start off in uh like the train little I 
clubhouse. Garage. Cool, yeah, and there garage. was like, and there was like a lady there, and there was a guy named Schemer, and he was a bad guy. And then they would like go into this Nickelodeon like jukebox, and there were people playing in there, and then they they would tell stories, and you would go into the the the, the land where the trains were. But there was a guy named Schemer, if I remember correctly, the bad guy. Who is like a real person? Remember, there were like live action people, and then there were like the trains. Anyway, Schemer is Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> and Thomas the Tank Engine is Brock. Could be Trey. I, st- I, I, we got our kid a Thomas the Tank Engine, like a one of those hard ones, and I, one yeah. of those like little cars, and I stepped on it on the way to the bathroom one night and just I'll went get down, you. went down. I was a big Thomas the Tank Engine guy when I was a kid, and I have a little bit of OCD, I think, which is why I talk about the 49ers every day. And my original obsession was Thomas the Tank Engine. So when I was like two, my parents would take me out to restaurants, and I would just, I would talk to the waiter, like, hey, do you want to know about Thomas? And I would tell him about every single person in the show. Did little you did you know that I would, did I would you fire anybody off the show? <laughs> anybody, <laughs> did anybody get fired? This guy's terrible. Mr. Conductor, what is he doing? Sven says, off topic, just curious if Krug's witnessed the slam uh, Francisco Giants today. Oh, I did. Are the, seven, how are they doing? Bombs when the Giants seven bombs? Of, yeah, opening day, they ruined the White Sox opening day with seven home runs. It was what like is a this really different inter, interleague bullshit to start the season, man? What is that? Oh, it's all year. It's every day. There's interleague every day in baseball now. Somebody I'm such an old man. I'm like everything about baseball. I'm like in my day, the Reds had the first day, uh, the first <laughs> game of the season. Okay, all right, let's get to it. So, you think the Niners are going to trade Trey Lance on draft night? A lot of people think the Niners are going to trade Trey Lance eventually. I mean, I asked John Lynch straight up, and he was like, "We like we're fine with Trey on the team for now." Like that's telling you. That he's on the trade block. The only question is, what do they want and can they get it? But first, would it be wise for the 49ers to trade Trey Lance? Remember, he's 22. They gave up a lot to get him. They've only, he's only played four starts. They may think they know what they got, but they really don't. What do you think? Would it be wise? I mean, on paper today, how could you argue that it would, right? I mean, you've got Brock Purdy. We don't know. At least I don't know. Maybe they know. Uh, but I don't know how he's going to recover. And you've got Sam Darnold, and I don't think Sam Darnold is very good. So I, I don't know that Sam Darnold thinks that Sam Darnold is very good. I mean, God, I can't say confidence is I, an issue. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that it would be wise, but I do think it's going to happen. Um, I just think that they know that Trey's got to play, and maybe there's some behind the scenes, um, you know, somebody pushing on them to make sure that he plays. And so that kind of is forcing their hand to make an evaluation. I think, I think they've evaluated it and they've decided that Brock's their guy. And now mm-hmm. Darnold is the guy who's going to step in for Brock, which is why, you know, at the beginning of the year, if Brock's not ready. It's not going to be Trey. It's going to be Darnold. Personally, Grant, I, I talked to Hensley about this the other day. If these guys have an open competition in camp, there's no doubt in my mind, Trey Lance is going to beat out Sam Darnold. So that's why I think it's not going to happen. Because I don't think there's going to be an open t- competition in camp, and I think somehow, some way, they're going to move off of Trey before that. Um, I wouldn't, but they, I think they are, and I think it's about two things. I think it's about committing to Brock. It's probably about some quarterback they also like in the draft, and I think more than anything, it's about um, you know, if you get what you want, which is a healthy Brock Purdy, 
then Trey Lance is destined to sit. And I, Trey Lance hasn't played a full season since high school for the Mars, played one full season since high school. I think they know that he has to play and I think they're going to move him on because they're going to commit to Brock. And I think they'll, you know, and the question is, you know, and, and the other, the other, you know, what are they going to get? Well, but, let's not go there yet. Hold yeah, on. Let's, let's, that's yeah, the let's not question. go there just but yet. Then the other question is why? I mean, like how have they, have you made this uh, evaluation that quickly? I mean, I personally don't feel like I know what Trey is, but maybe they do because they've been in practice with him. But I feel like it's not necessarily that they know for sure that Trey's never going to reach his potential. It's that they're getting a little ahead themselves with Brock a little bit. Like it's what Albert Breer said. They love Brock. They love. You can Brock. hear it. They love Brock, and I, I did they're too during the season. I did too. But then what Kyle says makes sense. It's like, man, yeah, he'd be the leader if he hadn't gotten injured. So to me, like. I feel like a part of that organization is getting a little ahead of itself with Brock. You got to see what he's going to be over the long haul. Is he going to get injured again? What's he going to be like coming back from this injury? There are those are legit questions. Does the league catch up to him? But I think there's also the fact that Kyle's is really like Sam Darnold. So if you got two people in the organization that Kyle really likes, and Darnold and Brock, and I think he probably he might even like him equally. Who knows? With Sam, with with Kyle Shanahan, what's the point of even waste of even not wasting time with Trey? What's the point of even putting more time and effort into Trey if you give if Kyle has two quarterbacks on the roster right now that he likes? So in that sense, I can see it happening. The well, question is, is it wise though? I mean, how much are you really going to get? I, we'll see. The other thing is, if you don't trade him now, that that pri that return could go could drop quickly. You know, you could oh, get mean even less next year. Yeah, you, the only way you, the only real reason that you'd want to trade Trey Lance now is if you don't believe in him. If you do yeah. believe in him, why would you trade him? Right? I mean, yeah. If you if you believe he's going to be great, why would you trade Trey Lance? The only reason you trade him is that you believe that if he plays, um, either you're going to give the job to Darnold or Darnold's going to beat him out, and then you feel like his value is going to be less. But this um, is where Kyle talks out of like every side of his mouth. He said that. Trey Lance would have had a really good season last year, too, if he would have stayed healthy. So it's like, oh, when he says that, it's like, oh, okay, well, he still believes in Trey. Uh, Trey still got a, a spot on this team. They haven't written him off. But then he says stuff like, well, Sam Darnold has as good of a skill set as I've ever seen. It's like, well, I, I, he just says stuff. that I, I don't even know what to make of what Kyle Shanahan says anymore. Wait, you know, seriously, it's like the person that comes up to you and says, hey, man, you're my favorite radio host ever. And then you're like, thanks, man. And you know who my second is? And it's like the guy that you think's like the shittiest radio guy of all time. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. oh, so what if you think that guy's good and you think I'm good? Well, maybe you're maybe you're just bad. You have bad opinions. Yeah, pretty uh, much. You know what I mean? It kind of how could you like both you. of us? I hate that guy. <laughs> how could you like us both? Yeah. You like me? Cool. Oh, you're like yeah. that guy. What the fuck's wrong with you? No, but uh, <laughs> but no, I just think that I, you know, I somehow, some way they've they've just evaluated Trey. I think, and and I just think that they don't feel like, you know, they, you know, it may go back to, and this is speculation, but it may go back to that old the adage that Shanahan started with, which is you want your we have Hoyer because we want our backup to be like our starter. Um, you know, if you look around the league, there are examples where mm -hmm. teams have gone with players that the backup is very much similar to the starter, so you don't have to change your offense altogether. Maybe they feel like. They've got to have two offenses, one that they – you. I mean, they can't even describe Trey as a quarterback. 
he has to have his own dual threat quarterback. And it's, it shows in the games, at least the, the brief, uh, you know, glimpses we've gotten, he's coached. I don't want to say coach, but he's called different plays for Trey than he has for the other guys. I personally grant would just that's love so to see Trey. To I don't like that at all. Can't yeah, Trey that's operate what Jimmy's scheme? Can't Trey operate the same plays that Brock's operating? I'd, I'd like to see it because Grant, I don't think of him as an elite runner. I think of him as an athletic kid who can scramble and just run the run your offense and allow him right. to scramble. But like the zone read keeper is such a who cares about that play? I mean, you keep the ball on short yardage to get a first down or a touchdown. You're, it's not a it's not an explosive play. The quarterback keeping the ball on a zone read. I think they're missing the point using him that way. They, he keeps the ball on designed runs way too much. He should be a decoy. He should be taking eyes off the running back. He should be handing off 95% of the time. And the way I look at it is the most explosive rushes in the NFL are scrambles. When a quarterback scrambles, something good's going to happen most likely, either with his legs or with his arms. Um, with his arm. So Trey can do that. Forget this zone read stuff. Those are like four-yard gains. Right. Five-yard gains. It's Who a cares? continuity piece yeah. to keep your offense on the Thank field you. on third down. It's Thank not you. an offense. No. You use him. I mean, they always they love the Mahomes uh, you know, development plan. How about the Mahomes game plan, which is he's a pocket passer. He only Scrambler. moves to extend to extend pass plays, and then he'll bust you for one. 35 yard run down the down the seam in the fourth quarter but he's not a runner instead they're like hey man you know quarterback power to trey you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll hand it to trey and he'll go left and he'll pick and slide and find a hole i mean it's just i i never liked their utilization of him yeah one of Mahomes' biggest plays in the super bowl was that long scramble down the middle of the field in the final drive i mean that wins games zone reads don't i mean it's a nice little play it keeps the defense honest on that shotgun stuff, but the scrambles are what's important. Trey's good at that. Uh, I, I'd yeah. like, to, selfishly, I'd like to see Trey Lance play a little football with this team. Four starts is nothing. It's a burp. It's a if belch. They, if they had gone, like, to I, if they had gone to my mic keeps going down. If sorry. they had, if they had gone to Mariota, to me that would have been an indication they were going with Trey. Right. The fact right. that they went to Darnold. Seems totally to be agree. more of an indication they're going I with totally Brock agree. and Darnold. I totally so, agree. All right, let's ask the question. So we agree Trey Lance is available for trade. They essentially said it. They're like, we like him on the team for now, but no one's off limits. Uh-huh. And we have Sam Darnold, and we love him. And Brock's coming back. So what's the price? I mean, they don't just give him away, right? Like, what would you say would be the minimum that you would say is a good return on investment? Not investment. Well, a good return on this trade. Well, that's the that that I think is why we're going to see the trade because I think the price that team like okay so the top four quarterbacks are thought to go in the top ten maybe not but most likely so then it comes down to is Trey better than Hendon Hooker is he better than Tanner McKee is he better than Jake Hayner is he better than these these quarterbacks that are not going to go the top four that are going to go from anywhere from the middle of the first round till the top of the third round. And I would say Trey is undoubtedly better than all those guys. So if I'm a team that picks anywhere from like 12 down to 50, um, I think you could probably pick up the phone and get Trey Lance if you wanted him. That'd be yeah. my guess. And, then, and if the Niners are willing to combo Trey with one of their third round picks, 
I really believe they could definitely get in the first round. And 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 who's who? You know, they would have to go. They would have to go there with a target in mind, of course. And I don't know who that target would be, but maybe there's a tackle. Maybe there's a corner. Um, you know, maybe there's a tight end. I've been throwing out Michael Mayer from from uh, Notre Dame, but I think Notre Dame's got two guys that would interest the Niners. Michael Mayer, the tight end, and Isaiah Foskey, who went to De La Salle, who's from Antioch, one of the best defensive ends in this draft. A guy like Foskey opposite Bosa could be a true difference maker. So, you know, we don't know how they have the prospects evaluated, but I, I could see them moving him any point between, let's say, 10 and 50, and they pick 99. So they could probably, you know, if they okay. want to move up for a guy, I think they could utilize okay. him to move up or they could combo some of their picks or future picks with him. And I think they could get maybe as high as 20. Oh, I don't, I'd be so surprised if they got that, that much for Trey Lance though. I, I agree with you. He's, he's in the conversation to be the fifth or the sixth quarterback in this, in this draft. But the fact that he hasn't played in three years and that he's coming off an ankle injury and he's a dual threat. I think Hendon Hooker would go ahead of him. Hendon Hooker played in the SEC. Hendon Hooker played well for two years. Yeah, he did tear his ACL. That's true. And he's older than Trey. That's true. Yeah, so it, it could 25. be close. It could, it could be close. Maybe that's it. Um, but still, I, I, I don't even know where Hendon Hooker is going to go. Draft Tech has him at like 40. CBS has him at like 119. I feel like after the first round, these, these media places don't really know. So that's an interesting one to look at. Where is Hendon Hooker going to go? And you could argue that Trey Lance should be sort of in a similar spot. It's three years younger than the guy. Both coming off injuries. That being said, Hendon Hooker legitimately is a really good passer. And he played in the SEC for multiple right. years. And, uh, you know, and then the weird thing about projecting this is that if they move Trey, they probably would have to find another quarterback that they liked in this draft right. as well. You know, so but they may like, you know, you never know. They may like Max. Like what, what if they what if they tra- what if they trade Trey Lance for a pick in round two or round three and then spend that pick on a quarterback? <laughs> like the Hendon Hooker. <laughs> I like Hendon Hooker. I think he's really good. I, you know exactly. Well, Hendon Hooker had an incredible year, but he also yeah. had incredible receivers. Um, True. you know, and his receivers might have made made him look good. Same but, with Bryce Young though, and CJ Stroud, and you know all these guys. True. It is yeah. True. I mean, I think yeah. this is the hardest quarterback class That's to hard. evaluate. Tanner McKee throws the ball awesome. I mean, he's 6'6 with an absolute gun. Jake Hayner yeah. was the MVP of the Senior Bowl and had a phenomenal career at Fresno State. The kid from BYU is super athletic. DTR is super yeah. athletic. Clayton Toon. Yep. You know, there's yep. a lot of guys there. Yep. So that's interesting. I was thinking for Trey Lance, I was going to say mid-third round, um, but I guess it depends on when Hendon Hooker is going to go. And I can't find – it's hard to know exactly where a day two prospect's going to go. But somewhere on day two is that Trey Lance Hendon Hooker. Because I would think Trey Lance, his stock would be ahead of Tanner McKee. Wouldn't you think? I think it's ahead of both of them, to be honest. I mean, I know Trey, Trey hasn't had a great run here with injuries. But Trey's still 6'3", 240. He had incredible, incredible college stats by yeah. all accounts. Whether you like him or dislike him as a prospect – Everybody says that he's absolutely salt of the earth human being. So, I mean, it's just a matter of, um, it's just a matter of how, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Do you believe that you can, you can turn them around? The other thing is there's a number of guys, you know, Miami, the Jets, uh, the Titans, there's Washington, there's a number of teams that need quarterbacks who used to be in San Francisco who may have Mm. their own 
opinions about Trey Lance from knowing him. Washington is an interesting one because Mayhew, who was right? their quarterback? Jacoby Brissett. I mean, they they got rid of That's Taylor not, Heineke. I don't right, know, do like they, Jacoby Brissett can't be the, the the final solution at the quarterback. Are the position. Jets getting Aaron Rodgers? And even if they get Aaron Rodgers, do would they would they want Trey Lance because? Aaron Rodgers is pretty much at the end. Um, and then there's, Robert there's Sala other, needs to make the playoffs this year, so no. Does Miami want Skylar Thompson as their number two to uh, to Tua with Tua's concussions? Maybe. maybe. Uh, Wouldn't it be funny if Mike McDaniel took Trey Lance off of Kyle Shanahan's hands and showed him how to develop a quarterback? Sorry, Kyle, I can do it. Give he's, me got the, he's got the it was funny Because what's funny is the Niners traded with Miami to begin with for that trade. Wouldn't it be funny if they traded him back to Miami after? I know. You can't do that, right? It's I just mean, embarrassing. Well, I mean, you're going to take a risk, but I I think the the story that the Niners will tell on the day they move Trey is that they could have gotten better offers elsewhere, but they did hand, right by the kid. They did right by the kid. They did right by delivered the kid. him to a perfect Bullshit. spot. Yeah, right. Yeah. They uh-huh. they believe in him so much because they're not a, they're not a business. They're they're, they're, they're family. family. They're family. They're family. Yeah, huh? Yeah, sure. I love that when they do that. Everyone's like, oh, bravo. Bravo, 49ers. (laughs) I love that. Gigantic Applebee's. They're eating good in the neighborhood, you know? Yeah, hell yeah. Steve Poon says, it's not that hard. Keep both Purdy and Lance. Be a genius like Walsh and make it work. Try to make at least one of them an MVP. Don't believe that two quarterbacks is no good quarterback. BS. Coaches need more blame. I'm always for blaming coaches. I'm with Steve on that. Just on principle. Blame the coach. <laughs> Blame the coach. Blame the coach. That's that's a that's a shirt. That's a shirt right there. I would wear that just around town. Blame the coach. It's a lifestyle. I think Josh Wyatt. I think I think that's merch coming for you. Merch. Hell yeah. The cone. No zone, merch is. I don't like merch. Is merch back. is a waste of time. But it's fun. It was. I don't, I got to remember. Merch I'm a journalist. Is, merch is a pain in the ass. I'm a journalist. I'm not. I have no business sense. I'm not an influencer. But it's fun sometimes. But essentially, Larry and I are serious journalists. Who are quirky sometimes when we get deep into a, a stream. Josh Wyatt generally. says exactly. Josh Wyatt says only thing worse than paying twenty seven million on the wrong quarterback is twenty twenty is paying twenty seven million at running back. That's why we have three quarterbacks that wouldn't start for any other playoff team, and we're all pretending they have three quarterbacks when they have none. Boy, sometimes the truth hurts. Wow, it's true. It, it, Kyle and his dad really do value the running back position above the quarterback position. It's the truth. They love their backs. They'll commit to a running back. They'll commit to a wide receiver. They will not commit to a quarterback. You can't tie them down. Bachelors for life. (laughs) They're gonna. It's like they're like fantasy players. They're gonna stream their quarterback all year. Yeah, Humberto Ramirez. Thank you so much for the five dollars. Niner Grandpa says Grant is scared to live debate. Be scared. Oh man, it's true. I've heard all about you, Niner Grandpa. You are. You're tough. You're a heavyweight. Glass half full guy, though. I will. Def gladly debate because he's a glass glass half full guy. I legitimately think Trey has not been given a true fair shot. That is true. I think the Niners are so antsy to win a Super Bowl, which is why I think they're very anxious about committing to Trey. It's true. That's the thing with Trey. It's not like Trey didn't get arrested. He didn't have like a horrendous season. The Niners just have decided that Brock is the guy. And so they're moving on from Trey. Fair enough, but they better be careful with this. They better be right. Because it seems like they're more they're more smitten with Brock than definitively out on Trey. How? What did he do? He didn't do anything I, egregious the I way think, I see I, it. I, I think the better, maybe the better way to sum it up 
is they're all in on the present. They're not at all in on the future. Okay. Fair enough. It's, it's like somebody who gets so desperate that they're like, Hey man, you have no savings. You have no 401k dude. I don't care about a 401k. I'm just trying to pay the rent. They're yeah. kind of going in that mode where it's like, I don't care about the future. We just need to win today. It's true. Humberto says breaking news. Brock said he won't throw for three months from Rappaport interview today. Ooh. Well, that's about, ooh, three months. That's okay. July. So he'll start throwing early July. Okay. So that gives him. Yeah, so that's why Kyle Shanahan would say week four, right? So it would give him maybe till late September, early October to be fully ready. That's why Kyle would say week four. It's Makes so sense. funny though because to listen to Lynch, he makes it sound like the all of these all of these estimates are true guesswork, and that he could be back in five months, and that it may not be six months, and that you know he was very optimistic about about uh, Brock, almost seemingly, you know, like like he like assumed he was going to be healthy and thought he could be back very very soon. Uh, where Shanahan seems to be much more like, hey. You know, he may not ever be back. He may, you know what I mean? He, or yeah, he may, I, Shanahan's well, what's like, the rush? The breaks. Well, he should, given what he did, what he and his dad did to RG3. He should be the one pumping the brakes. Learn from the past. And like, what is the rush with Brock Purdy? If it's week four or week one, what's the freaking difference? Like, your, your, your team is built, you know, to work around the quarterback position anyway. You start slow anyway. I mean, you're going to be three and five no matter what. Like, what is the freaking rush here? He's your future. Be careful. You know, the, the thing on, on the, on the Trey thing that's interesting too is that I get the sense that since they've made their evaluation, all three of them, Jed and John and Kyle, that, that Brock's the guy, um, you get the feeling that to allow Trey to start the year, they would like lose a little control of the situation. Because if he plays really well, no question, then, then they lose control of the situation. Then all of a you sudden, you can't bench him. Like the quarterback position, it starts to dominate like your your day to day, and it's like you're you're basically you know you're happy things for different reasons. And I don't know, it's just it's it's weird. I, I get the feeling that Darnold is almost there, so they can maintain control, so that either Brock will start or Darnold will start, and you'll go right back to Brock. But if Trey starts and Trey plays well, then it becomes this, well, who do you, who's, who are we going to go with? And then maybe some players want this guy, and some players say, no, I want that guy. And then media is pushing for this guy, and the fans are pushing for that guy. I don't know. I mean, it, don't you see, if you are if you really believe Brock's your guy, Darnold gives you control of the situation. Trey, it could be, you know, it could be back and forth. It could be, he could play great. He could, you know, you don't know. Where Darnold, I think, is safely going to be not as good as Brock. That's what I, I just feel say. like if you're if you're being honest with yourself, like do you believe Brock is your guy? I don't think if you if you're being honest with yourself, I don't think you can answer that question given the injury he suffered. If he hadn't suffered the injury, you could say, "Look, I know it's only 8 games, but come on, those are the greatest 8 games ever for a rookie." But he tore his UCL. You don't know what's going to happen next in his career, and I feel like they can be as confident. They can say they believe. They can look at – they don't freaking know if they're being honest with themselves. So, I, I mean, that's one reason to not trade Trey Lance right now. But if they feel like, hey, we like Sam Darnold too, and if it doesn't work out with Brock, we really legitimately like Sam, 
All right, well, you better be right about that. You better be freaking right about that at that point. I don't know. Seriously. You because if you're wrong, everyone's going to be like, yeah, no freaking does, Sam Darnold. It's high stakes poker for sure. High stakes I poker. Mean, they're going to have to make a call. Uh, Thanks, Humberto. Don't you see that, though, that they lose a little control? Yeah. Um. I mean, yes, yeah, what happened seem with like Seem like the kind of guys who want to control the situation. <sighs> Again, if Brock wasn't hurt, by all means, but they can't control his recovery. Fish and Chips says, uh, big news, Grant Cohn traded to Las Vegas, Kyle Shanahan orders. He wishes. He wishes. <laughs> Niner Grandpa says, McKee is Mac Jones 2.0. Just not good, uh, just tall. I've seen him play in person at Stanford. I wasn't super impressed. UCLA beat him. I'm a UCLA fan. I was rooting against Tanner that day. Also, he wears a freaking shirt underneath his jersey. It looks terrible. So maybe he's that's had, part of it. Had skin cancer. I'm that's sorry. A, it just is a bad look. I know. It, it's it's like the guy wearing the shirt in the, in the shallow end of the pool. Also, he just it, he just looks slow, and I like quarterbacks who aren't super slow. But so slow. it's a personal preference. He's slow he as hell. Slow, but he's got a gun. He's old school. He's always tall. He, he's a pocket passer. He's six six with a freaking howitzer. Yeah. And he's and he yeah. and he throes dimes. But there's no more. He played a pro style offense. And he's not so taking slow. any hits. And yeah. yeah, he's not moving away from the from the run. The athletes who are rushing the quarterback are too fast. I like Davis Mills better than him. Davis Mills moves better. He moves better. They, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Steve Poon says trade three ones to uh to get time to make accurate evaluation. Take four games to make decision that you wrong. <laughs> that is not a genius. That is not 40 chess. That is uh FOMO at its worst. Fear of moving. I feel like what happened was Kyle Shanahan got upset with Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of 2020. Remember, Jimmy missed like half a season with a high ankle sprain. Patrick Mahomes just missed zero games with a high ankle sprain in the in the playoffs. I think Kyle wanted Jimmy to gut it out. I think Jimmy thought the season was lost. I don't know. I'm guessing. I think Kyle made an emotional decision to get Jimmy. I think the trade was as much about getting another quarterback as it was getting Jimmy out of the franchise quarterback position. Because once you traded up to three, remember, they didn't trade it up for anyone in particular. They traded up for the spot. Once you made that trade, Jimmy was out. Out. Doesn't matter who you take at that point. You're no longer the franchise quarterback. You're the, you're the placeholder seat warmer. Period. And I think that's what Kyle wanted. I think he'd been saddled with Jimmy Garoppolo for long enough. He wanted Kirk Cousins anyway. They were, in my opinion, they were committed to one thing and one thing only building a team around a quarterback on a rookie deal. As far as Trey, this quarterback, that quarterback, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, uh, I, I think they would have been fine with any of them. They you didn't need to trip three to do that, though. You right. didn't need to trip to three. I feel like they changed, they changed their story on that one. You could have taken Mac Jones. You could have taken Davis Mills, and it would have been cheaper. Yeah. You know? I mean, trading up to three made it more expensive. Anyway. Made it more expensive, but also, I mean, it just it guaranteed pressure. that they would get um, at least a choice of a couple rookie quarterbacks, That's and they true. were still in the midst of processing who was the best guy. They hadn't even gone to all the pro days at that point. Can you imagine if Zach Wilson had been there and they'd taken him, and we had gotten the Zach Wilson experience here where the whole locker room hates him? Can you imagine if it was Zach Wilson against Jimmy? Jimmy would have just – it would have been so easy for Jimmy. I mean – Zach Wilson is like disliked oh, straight up, man. I mean, he, I wow. Mean, they, the Jets say that bringing him back is the number two. I don't buy that at all. I, think I, I mean, he already got rejected by his entire team. That needs to be factored into quarterback evaluations more like, hey, is the whole team going to hate this guy? And I think that's the thing with Will Levis. I feel like some people are kind of whispering, like, he's a little weird. 
and I can see it the way he talk, he's a little weird. I don't know. I can see him turning off fans, uh, lock, teammates with his with his uh, posing and all. Yeah, that, look at know. me, kind of stuff. Like, are you who are you that good? Should you really be calling us tensing to yourself? I don't know. Well, you know, the uh, the the Zach Wilson thing is interesting, though, because when a locker room decides on a player, then that also is a big part of the equation. I mean, every guy in that locker room almost was wearing the the T-shirt T-shirts. Yeah. Mike White T-shirts. I mean, that's disaster. And, you know, it kind of makes you wonder on the on the Purdy thing. I mean, it's like if the Niners didn't go with Purdy, what would the reaction be inside their room? That's true. There's a lot of guys that he won over at the end of the year with the way he played or, or maybe not, maybe, maybe, uh, they view him as limited and I don't know. I don't know how the players view him. I really or don't. think about it this way. The real, the reality is some players feel some way, others feel another way. And that's the situation the Niners have created. If you don't give the players one quarterback to rally behind, some will like Brock, some will like Trey, some might even like Darnold, although no one knows Darnold, but so forget Darnold. But so, you know what I'm saying? I, I, you know, we know Brandon Ayuk has liked Trey Lance for a long time. We know that George Kittle is is freaking smitten with Brock Purdy. There's going to be factions. You can't let this go too long. Eventually, you got to pick a guy and go with it. That's um, you know, the, you know, the potential to divide your locker room is. I mean, you've been doing reason. it for the last two years. Yeah, like got to I mean, stop eventually. Yeah, and also I kind of wonder at some point maybe Trey's just like, hey, you know what? I want to be go? here, but I need to play. I mean, and if I'm not going to, yeah. if you really want to go with him, go with him, but yeah. let me go somewhere else. I mean, who, I don't know. I don't know how he feels about it. Here, let me ask her. Trey, how you feel about it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Masatore says, Trey, week one starter. Speak it into existence. <laughs> Kasha and cat says, what's the least you take for trial uh, for Trey Lance? I you staying. What's the least I take for Trey Lance? Least I'd take is a, Mid third, you take anything less than a mid third. What's the point? I'll say this: I, I would not take anything less than a high second. Like there you go, uh, something something in the top forty picks. There you go. So when he, so Larry's going to be in an interesting position on draft night, he could be in a position where he's right, but, but pissed. he's pissed. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be very interesting because I could actually see them pulling the trigger for I've a third. Already- I've already I've already said it a couple times. If they trade him and don't get a good trade, I'll be I'll be angry about it. The, and I'm Love not it. happy. I don't, I don't I'm not rooting for him to be traded. I'm just predicting that they're all wed on Brock. That they're gonna say to us, you know what? This was the best thing for Trey and the best thing for everybody. And they're gonna take some compensation. And the reason I think it's happening this year is because what what teams potentially could offer and what I think they're willing to take. I think there's a lot of picks there that, you know, it's not like, you know, they have to have a first or, you know, they won't, you know, I think there's just, since they're, they love Brock and they're looking to move down the road and they have those three picks in the third round. I think they could combine one of those picks with Trey and get a very attractive pick or player in return and feel real good about the decision. Glass half full guy says, why the hell would Trey Lance have to compete with Sam turnover Darnold? I don't get that one at all. Don't yeah, either. man, the, I think it, this is a Kyle Mike Shanahan production. You know, I the who found Brock Purdy? It was Steve Slowick, and then it was vetted by Brian Grease. Like, this was a different channel. This is the Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan personnel guru combine, 
And their you know track record is spotty at best. I mean, they're the ones that decided C.J. Beathard was something. So that's what we're working with here. A very old evaluation that they swear by. I don't see it Official. either. I don't. I, there's so many turnovers in Sam Darnold's uh, track record, college and pro. Why? Why? Why would it change? Official BNA Music eighty eight says, "What if Kyle is just stalling for, for Arch Manning? How old is Arch? Eighteen? <laughs> freshman? He's like freshman yeah. in college or going? Yeah, I, mean, he's... I could see it. I could see it. I mean, Kyle Shannon is he won't be committed. He'll still be a bachelor by the time Arch Manning's in the NFL. Uh, can't get a top forty pick for three starts with ankle injury." That's what I'm saying. I mean, because to me, like, he was a top three pick, not because of his resume. I mean, he had a good, he had an excellent year. He was undefeated. But still, it was one year. It was D2, or not D2. It was North Dakota State. That's that's flimsy. And it was all based on a projection. He was supposed to be Josh Allen. He was supposed to be an athlete. Now, I mean, it's two years later. He still hasn't played. Like, how much of that projection is still attractive to teams or do teams just look at him as like you know what he was just a mirage the whole time i don't know i could see them putting together the kind of trade that it's like hard to decipher exactly what everything was worth because there was a player involved and there was a pick involved and there's a smart there's a contingency pick involved it doesn't look like as big of a loss you know what i mean or, or like for example we all know they paid a bunch to get trey so i could see them saying here's trey our third some other player, some future pick. Oh, and we're picking 20. We're picking uh-huh. 22. And it's like, uh-huh. yeah, but look what you gave up. You gave away Trey Lance and a third and a conditional pick next year and a player, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you got a first-round pick, but, you know. Yeah, it's true. Ken Trey, Martin says, is Trey worth it? You know, I don't, you know, it'll be Good very point. debatable. And that way, if you throw him in a package, it's unclear what exactly his value was. Right. So if it's low, you can disguise it that way. Ken Martin says, Grant, you said Brock couldn't get traded because he can't pass a physical. Uh, doesn't that apply to Trey? He uh, won't get cleared right up until training camp. I thought he said he was going to get cleared like in March. I thought they said three three weeks from now they were he was going to be tra- be uh, cleared for for field duty. Yeah, so. so I think he could probably pass a physical pretty soon. Although I don't know, I think he, but I don't. I, I Brock definitely can't pass a physical. And the Niners also said that he's their quarterback, so I don't think they're going to trade Brock. At least yet. They can trade him next year. Because, again, Kyle Shanahan is fickle. Andrew says, how can you explain a trade at quarterback when they ran through five quarterbacks last year? Upgrades at O-line this year doesn't bode well for quarterback health in 2023. Um, well, it's a prediction. Also, you heard Kyle Shanahan said he's not going to change anything about his strategy because he did, because it's happened, right? Right. He's, he said he's that. Gonna, he's going to do what he does. He said he's going to do what he does. Right. Glass half full guy says, does Jed have the guts to tell Kyle to start Trey? I don't know that Jed even has the freaking power. Maybe his parents do. But I think I, the whole thing is that they want to stay out of the way and let Kyle do, do his thing. I, 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 Kyle, I think they would, I think everybody would just laugh if, if Jed did that. You know, just, I don't of, think Jed's in that position. All right. Jed, last topic. Jed would never do that. I want to get off the quarterback. I want to talk about JTO Sullivan. J.T. O'Sullivan made a video about Kyle Shanahan on April Fool's Day. It was funny. It was well-produced. He had like the, you know, sitting across from himself thing. Very high, very high technical uh, aspect to it. But also, I mean, film breakdown of each injury. And look, I mean, guy played quarterback in the league. He was very compelling. I'm sure everyone could look at those plays differently. But he made quite a case. You watched it. 
Do you think JTO Sullivan is right about him? He essentially said he he got the genius label at a young age and he got all of his opportunities at a young age because of his last name. He might be a good coach, but he ain't no genius and he has deficiencies too. And he he's more culpable in these injuries than he admits. Is that that's his takeaway with with Kyle? Yeah, I mean, I mean, personally, I thought it was really entertaining that that JT. First of all, I mean, he w- it was hilarious. It made you laugh, yeah. but then the film breakdown was really good. And I, in some ways, I kind of felt like he took away from his film breakdown by being Kyle Shanahan. He should have just been JTO Sullivan doing film breakdown. I think it would have been come across as more credible, but it was funny. I see it was what you entertaining. mean. I you see. It, it didn't need, it didn't need like the sandwich. It just like the meat in between in the I, middle. That was I, enough. His analysis was, was yeah. biting. His analysis was concrete. Uh, he didn't need to uh, have himself in a Kyle hat and everything, but I mean, it was, the, yeah. It was impressive to watch him yeah. showing Trent Williams kind of loafing through the play was very interesting. Him throwing, uh, showing Debo Samuel, um, sort of not running hard on the end around in the NFC Championship game was very interesting. Like on that play that he said that that uh, Trent Williams was loafing, I watched that play over and over again. I didn't feel like Trent Williams was loafing. But, anyway, I mean, it was interesting take on it. Called in- all world, huh? <laughs> he said all world, huh? Yeah. And then also he, you know, he. He, I thought he was, you know, he he went through some of the route combinations and how certain ones didn't make sense, and yeah, uh, it was it was it was interesting for sure. And JT asking so, Debo to run a hot route and, and break off his routes, like, well, he's not a running back. Have you right. taught him that? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's interesting. Then JT, of course, you know, suffered his own hits under Mike Martz, so he's used sure. to. He's probably sensitive to uh, yeah. pass coverage or pass protection, yeah. I should say. But yeah. uh, but no, it was good. I mean, I thought it was really interesting, and I, I love the way he kind of went through all the routes and all you know, his, and 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 how some of them didn't make sense, and how some you know got, you had guys that shouldn't have been in, should have been in other spots. And um, he wasn't. It didn't. It was. It was a little. I don't know. It was a little passive aggressive in that Fair. he didn't really harshly go at Shanahan. He just kind of nitpicked him a little bit yeah. here and a little bit there. It's like. Are you committing yeah. to Shanahan sucks and you want him out? No. Are and you- he put it out on April Fool's Day, right? It's like, hey, it's all in good right. fun. And you know, it's yeah, all yeah, in yeah. good fun, and he had some yeah. fun with it. And it's, it yeah. just was very sorority house passive aggressive. <laughs> well, here's the way I look at it. I, his, the other take uh, takeaway he had is that, you know, very sophisticated run game, very sophisticated play action passing game. Where is the drop back passing game? It's very pared down. It's not sophisticated. There's not much to it from the patterns to the pass protection concepts. Um, and I think that's interesting in the sense that he he played for Martz. Kurt Warner played for Martz. Kurt Warner had some of the same takeaways, especially looking at, at those patterns being like, who drew this up? Why are there three receivers in the same area? Um, those guys came from drop back passing background where Mike Martz, that's all he was thinking about. And you look at like the dominant offense in the league right now. It's the McVay Shanahan offense. It's like thirty percent of the teams. Well, only one of those guys has won a Super Bowl. It's Sean McVay, and he won it when he pretty much gave up on the run game and admitted that you needed to go bombs away. Brought in Matthew Stafford and became a pass first offense. Like it's fair to wonder if this Shanahan scheme really works. I mean, works at the highest of the highest levels. It's a run scheme. It's, it's a, a run, run scheme. It's, it's a, a passing run, league. End of story. It's a run scheme. It's a run it's a, scheme. It's a play action pass off, passing. off the yeah. run scheme. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, 
there's I I don't see su- uh, super sophistication in their downfield passing attack. I also don't yeah. see any consistency. I don't see like if you there's there's plays that we see around the line of scrimmage that we see regularly, but how many plays down the field do you see regularly? Or or that you regularly like staple? I can't. I can name it on like it's four like four plays, maybe four, and, and it's usually when like Christian McCaffrey throws the ball. I, I you know there's to me there's no I don't I don't see any consistency week to week in their downfield uh, plan of attack. It seems different week to week. And then sometimes it's not there at all. Now, how much of that was on Jimmy? How much of that is on Kyle? How much of that is on On Brock? Brock, How much of that is on the receivers, the personnel speed? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's been some years they haven't had any deep speed. They had nobody run off the coverage. Everybody's playing them in like a 12 yard, you know, window. So, I mean, all these things matter, but eventually you've got to have some consistent downfield passing attack to keep teams honest. And I don't know that they have identified what those plays are, who their receivers are, who are they even trying to go deep with? I thought that's why they drafted Danny Gray, but maybe I, it was for maybe it was for special teams. They went deep in the preseason you know? to him. That was it. Maybe twice all year after that. I, you got me on that one. Um, yeah. Uh, Fish and Chip says, JT nailed it. Truth and humor. Kid Kyle exposed. I thought it was interesting that um, – JT O'Sullivan and Raheem Mostert kind of hit him with like the one-two and like back-to-back days. I, it used to be, I, it felt like Kyle was untouchable from that season in Atlanta where he he was the assistant coach of the year. It seems like he's been untouchable from then until now, but now it feels like people are starting to poke at him and getting a little emboldened. It's an interesting phenomenon. What do you make of it? Well, I think the Mostert criticism is fair. I mean, yeah. Mostert's basically saying, hey, in some of the biggest losses of your life, if you had run the ball a little bit more and committed to the run, you would have won those games. I mm-hmm. mean, what he's really saying is you would have beat the Chiefs. What he's really yep. saying is, you know, in Atlanta, you would have beat the Patriots if you yep. ran the ball a little bit more. Who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. maybe you, you would have beat the Rams if you had run the ball a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I think it's fair. I think that part of it is fair. I think it's there's there's times, you know, he's a run heavy coach. But there's times it's like his dad. Yeah, but there's times where he just just abandons the run. You know, it's just like, uh, you know what? We're just going. We're just going to pass. We're just going down the field. Uh, we've seen it a few times, and I just feel like with a lead, um, they should be thinking clock and and icing the game. And instead, they're still thinking chunk yard plays and passes and they take more chances than they probably should take. They probably should bleed more clock. The God knows they got enough backs to do it. They can, they got every, they got a back for almost every possible game situation there is. You know, I would, I'd like to see them with a lead in the second half, run the ball a bit more. Yeah. I guess I just feel like the, the, the game has changed. The rules have changed. And Kyle is really kind of stuck in the past. He's, I mean, JTO Sullivan, called one of his patterns like it was straight out of 2004. I think is what he said. He's like this lazy seven-step drop. Josh Johnson's injury. I think his whole thing is get the defense to overcommit to the run. Defenses don't want to do that anymore. They want you to run the ball. They want you to run. They're going to play two deep safeties. They want to invite you into an 11-12 play drive, and they figure you're only going to pull those off with touchdowns twice a game, maybe, maybe three. So it just seems like Kyle Shane is kind of playing into their into defense's hands now. Like, you're not taking advantage of over-aggressive eight-man fronts anymore. Those don't exist because of you. Everyone knows what you want to do, and they're not going to let you do it anymore. So what are you going to do to adjust? Hey, pass. 
I thought the Eagles, I mean, you know, the play action, it works against a lot of teams, but the play action, the Eagles were so good against play action because they really weren't honoring the run threat. They were just going up field and running, you know, they'll, they'll play the run on the way to the quarterback. They're getting up the field. And that's what I saw from Reddick in that play. Isn't Reddick. that what the Niners do? Red, well, that's what the Niners, I think, theoretically do. Is that's what they do, too. Wide nine, get up the field. That's right. And, and, you know, right. I mean, it's not quite that simple, but as far as, you know, I think when you look at those incredible numbers Philly's defense had against play action this year, it was because guys like Reddick were not reading the mesh point. Right. They were just attacking the quarterback. And right. if anything, that play action just just makes the quarterback hold the ball a little, little bit longer and gives guys like Reddick a chance to sack him. Right, because it used to be your number one thing you had to do on defense was stop the run. Because if you couldn't stop the run, you couldn't stop anything. Now, it's not that league anymore. No. The number one thing you got to do on defense is stop the pass. And if a team wants to keep running the ball for four or five yards of carry, God love them. L- let's see how many times they can pull off those long drives. If you got Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, you can do it. Otherwise, you're probably not going to do it that many times. I mean, think so, about it. Niners lost DJ Jones. They had no. They were not good this year against the sh- the, the short yardage short run yardage. in the middle of the field, and yet they went to the NFC Championship game and it barely burned them. Mm-hmm. You know, and and ultimately it's it it's no it's not the same league. You do you need to be able to stop the run? Yeah, but you really need to be able to have those nickel defenders who can play play pass coverage, you know, man or zone, and stop the passes because the. The passing attacks have become sophisticated. And not only that, you're seeing teams spread it out more. They're throwing it more. They're throwing it on non-throwing downs more. So you got to be able to play coverage. You, I mean, you, you can't let them gas you in the run game. You can't give up explosive runs. You can't give up explosive plays. But if you can tackle, if you can invite the check down and you're only giving up six yards a pass, four or five yards a, uh, a run, and there's no long, run longer than 10 yards, no pass longer than 15 – you're making it really hard on the offense. They're going to have to execute at a very high level all game without turnovers and penalties. Most teams don't, especially especially in the regular season. And you're seeing it also if you put a if you put a four man defensive line and there's somebody on your D line that has zero pass rush, the the offensive line will basically just keep account of him. They don't even really need to worry about him. I mean, that's why the Niners spent forty million guaranteed on Javon Hargrave. Because he has been a natural interior rusher going back to South Carolina State. Now it's like that's what you got to have. You got to have everybody on your front's got to be a pass rusher. There's no room for non pass rushers. It was interesting. You know, the Niners took Hargrave from the Eagles. Um, he's statistically a liability against the run, but Eagles don't have him anymore. Great pass rusher. His replacement is Jordan Davis. They took him in the first round last year. I was watching the. Uh, and if the the Super Bowl again, just to watch to see like where where Hargrave did against what he did against the run, he got moved around a little bit against the run. Jordan Davis is ho- horrible. Whoa, he's terrible. He's like their Javon Kinlaw, but not injured, just legitimately be- high pad level, low effort, like just getting worked. Yeah. Uh, they need another guy. They need to draft another D tackle. That guy was a straight up miss bust. Whoa, he 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 looks exactly what you want. But he doesn't right. play that way. No, I mean he's supposed he's to be huge. like this guy who runs. He he's runs fast. Anchor. Yeah, but he doesn't he's, exactly doesn't he's anchor. Huge, doesn't play he's hard. Anchor. He's he's got quick feet, but doesn't sack the quarterback. I mean he's out there, but he doesn't get a lot done. He doesn't chase the, the ball. Only, the only thing is, when you're that size, you don't have to. You can just come out of your stance and kind of absorb blockers, and that alone will keep some bodies off of your backers. 
But I mean, but even then, I mean, it's like first round draft choice. Yeah. First round draft choice. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was looked like a straight up mistake. Glass half full guy says, why did the Niners refuse to upgrade to a good second tight end? Or, or just use Ross Dwelly. I don't understand. They bring back Ross Dwelly. They don't use him. And they don't get anyone else. It's, what is that? It's like George Kittle needs a break. I mean, it's huge. <laughs> He's getting huge, older. Huge step down from George Kittle. As soon as Kittle's not on the true. field, you're, you're dealing with guys who are barely in the league. So, I mean, it's yes. They, they, and this is an awesome draft. I mean, there's probably 15 interesting tight ends in this draft. And I, my guess is, if you know, especially since they're looking, they've already looked at a number of these guys, Braden Willis from Oklahoma, um, you know, Payne Durham from Purdue. I think they looked at him. A lot of people mm. like Tucker Kraft from South Dakota State, Laporta, and of course, the guys up top, uh, Mayer, I think is all world. Uh, I'd love to see him here, but uh, but yeah, they're looking at tight ends. I think it's almost a lock they'll draft one. They need a, they need a second legitimate tight end. And another, you know, what they really got to have is they got to have somebody besides Kittle that they can trust as an inline blocker. Because, I mean, Charlie Warner gets after it and he's, you know, he's dogged in his approach. He keeps the legs moving, but he doesn't give you a lot of pop in the run game. So, I mean, they, they could use another another legitimate, you know, starting caliber tight end. Tack Rosso says Niners wanted Kyle because of his explosive ATL offense. What happened? Is the offensive version of a run game more of a more lynch thing? Pass first. Well, what happened was in Atlanta, that was a pretty balanced offense, a lot of play action, but he had Matt Ryan. Here, he hasn't had that quarterback, and I think he says, well, until I get that quarterback, I'm going to build around defense and run games. Like, well, go get that quarterback then. That's what I think. That's what I think is going on. He had Julio Jones. He had Matt Ryan. He had two really good backs. They averaged like eight point something yards. On first down, I mean, they—they they, that was the greatest first down offense in the history of the NFL that year. Vish, big Vish Kumarin, friend of the show. What's up, Vish? Says uh, Nah, Davis was good at the beginning of the year. He just played poorly when he got hurt and came back. Eagles run defense died when he got hurt. Fair. All I know is I, I actually didn't I just watch the Super Bowl, and I was watching that because I wanted to see is Hargrave a liability against the run? Not a liability. I mean, he's not a a great run defender. But Davis, Jordan Davis in the Super Bowl, my God, he needed to not be on the field. I guess he was injured. I don't know. I mean, you know, as far as uh, Javon, Javon's a one-gap penetrator who yeah. always sacked the quarterback going back to South Carolina State. The position is a is a uh, technique-rich position. So, you know, give Jordan Davis two years to play low, lower pad level, better yeah, he technique. Needs to get low. You know, he, right now he comes up out of his stance. He's winded after five or six plays. He's big. He's impressive looking, but he doesn't get a lot done. It doesn't mean that he's terrible, but he has a lot of work to do. Yeah, he doesn't get a lot done. I When they had that five-man front, they had him a lot at nose tackle, which is interesting. And then I don't think he gives you much as a pass rusher at all, at least now. They have this other guy, 93, Milton Williams. I think they like him better. Yeah, Louisiana He's smaller, Tech. though. He's, yeah. he's super fast. He's Milton good. Williams, Milt Williams like 285 and super yeah. fast. Like he ran the four sixes. Yeah. I think he's going to be the immediate replacement for Javon Hargrave, another smaller undersized guy who can kind of sh- shoot gaps. He made at least one tackle for loss against the Niners in the NFC Championship game. And I remember because I kept saying his name, and I have a friend I grew up with named Milton Williams. So I was like, what? Milton Williams, huh? But hell of a different player. Milton. That yeah, was the guy. Player. That was the uh, – 
Let's see the mic went down. That was the uh, the guy that got into a big argument. I don't know if you remember in draft in draft day that year. Tom Donahoe was a Steelers or was an Eagles scout, and he wanted somebody else. And Howie Roseman supposedly overruled him, and they had the live camera in the in the Eagles draft room. And Donahoe, who's a former GM himself, was getting hot, and he was pissed. But I think the way it shook out, I don't remember who Donahoe liked, but the guy he liked has not been as good as Milt Williams. So Roseman, Roseman won out. He was the GM. Twisted Clown says, uh, we play to wi- be relevant, Kyle Shanahan. That's Jed York. Jed York is, is the guy who's in the mix. If any of you guys listen to 94, was it 94.9 or 10, uh, KML 106, Scotty Fox in the mix. That's Jed York. He's Scotty Fox. <laughs> anyway, uh, Larry, thank you so much. Um, go check out Larry. He's streaming like seven times a day. If you want to know what Larry's doing, just check out his channel. He's streaming. There he is. I'm streaming. So I bet you he's streaming in about an hour. Check it out. Later on. Today. Thanks for thanks for watching, everyone.